My name is Jacob Stoops, and you're listening to the Page 2 Podcast, my podcast about the reality of being an SEO in which I chronicle the real-life stories, experiences, challenges, and advice from some of the most amazing people in the industry. Today, we talk with Janet Bartoli, Managing Partner, Strategic SEO Lead, and SEO Educator at Strategy Rework, a company dedicated to helping in-house SEOs become successful. Janet has been doing SEO since the early 2000s and has basically done everything from in-house to agency to consulting to speaking and to educating. We talk about what it's like to be the lead client-facing SEO across all major accounts, what it's like to lead and develop less experienced SEOs, and what it's like to work on complex projects that are packed with pressure to perform. We also talk about working well with developers, her affinity for in-house SEOs, and much, much more. So get ready for another candid SEO conversation as we tell Janet's SEO story. Hey, everybody. Uh, This is Jacob Stoops. I am here with Janet Bartoli, Managing Partner and SEO Strategic Lead and Educator at Strategy Rework. Uh, Janet, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much, Jacob. Yeah, I really appreciate you uh, being willing to, to come on. This is another uh, late night uh, recording. I uh, definitely appreciate it and uh, wanted to say, uh, and I was saying this off air, but I wanted to say uh, thank you uh, for, for being proactive in terms of reaching out to me. Um, one of kind of the lesser known components of running a podcast, especially an interview-based podcast, is uh, the idea that you're you're the one doing all of it, and mm-hmm. that includes reaching out to and um, setting up uh, and scheduling guests and figuring out times that work. And it's really helpful uh, to to not have to um, to go looking to 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 fill to fill interview slots. So Janet reached out to me. Um, has awesome experience that we're going to get into, and um, yeah, I was really really grateful. Yeah, you're welcome. And as a podcast fan myself, um, and I came across your your podcast, I was really interested. So um, thank you for taking me up on the offer, and I'm glad I'm here. So, so Janet, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I uh, so I mean, we can go all the way back where where I started my career. Um, you know, I've been a professional SEO since 2004 in just about every form: um, in-house agency, independent consultant. I've been a professional speaker, SEO educator, just kind of run many different roles across the whole SEO, uh, um, you know, environment, really. Um, so I started back in 2004, much the same way you and many others have. I, I actually own an internet consultancy. Um, it was a franchise, actually, um, and building websites for small, medium-sized businesses who, by the way, at the time had no idea. They even needed a website, and they thought Yellow Pages was definitely their number one marketing tactic. Um, so I developed sites for them. I would hand them off, and, and just, again, like a lot of other SEOs, it's, you come to the, the realization that, okay, how is this going to get found in, in, in Google? Um, and I had this one accountant in New Jersey, and I, I thought, how is he going to be found? If everyone's searching for an accountant in New Jersey, I need to make sure the site's going to be built for him, that I, that I built for him, it's, it's going to rank well. So there wasn't much material around at the time, um, but whatever I could find, I just applied to his site. 
And it was literally a matter of weeks. Um, again, it was 2004. He was ranking number one for New Jersey accounting and New Jersey accounts and right before tax season. So it was like the sweet spot. It really was like so exciting to see that, that it was like that held my, you know, interest. And that's where the passion started. And, and ever since I've, I've just really loved it. So I guess take, take me through, through your career from, from there, because you've been at a, a, a bunch of places, um, yeah. some pretty big. Um, so you've, you've done some time at LexisNexis, which I believe uh, you may have run into or crossed paths with one of my other interviewees, Dan Ang, who has also spent mm-hmm. a little bit of time there. Yeah. And you spent time at Accenture, which yep. Uh, another small world. You may have crossed paths with one of my other former colleagues from Rosetta, Laura Dobbinspec Titus. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Re- so she she's interesting. She recently uh, is now running all of the um, the, the e commerce and, and digital uh, stuff for Wendy's, which is based in Columbus. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. She was always awesome to um, to work with. So small small world. So I guess from from where you you started. Uh, to getting to there, I guess, how, how did you get there? And what was your experience like at, at both of those places? Well, so even before that, so after the internet consultancy, it was, it was fun and interesting to, to run that, but um, I really needed to get more exposure and I wanted to do something bigger than the smaller businesses. Um, and there really was no local search at the time. So that wasn't even such a thing. Um, so I decided, let me go to a digital agency. I didn't even realize at the time that was the best place to go to, to learn at anything. Um, it was a small boutique agency. Um, that w- it was called Digital Grit at the time in, in Boonton, New Jersey. Um, it was a fabulous place where it was just a lot of really great, pe- really smart people, fun place to work at. Um, and so... I started there as SEO specialist and quickly ramped up within two years to associate director of SEO. Um, I was, it was the, I was the token client facing SEO. So it was like any of the big important kind of uh, clients that we would have. And I would always ask them like, I got like 10 clients now. This is a little bit insane to kind of balance all of this. But we had, we had some of our SEO specialists that were, maybe a little not ready for prime time is probably the best way to put it. And so it was just a little tough to get them in front of the client and just walk them through the, just the, the strategy and, and how we wanted to approach things and coordinate with paid search, et cetera. So I really learned a ton there from there. Um, there were a lot of people at the time people were jumping from, this was like 2006 or seven and people were jumping from place to place. And it was just, and it was like the way to just ramp your career up. And I just thought, yeah. And of course, as you know, being in an agency, one or two years is like four to seven years, you know, Mm -hmm. it just takes a lot out of your life. Yeah. It's like a dog, dog lives or something. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And so I really wanted to go in house and I thought, this sounds really interesting. And I just kept hearing from people. It's so boring. You got one site. That's all you're going to be focused on. And, you know, what kind of a challenge could that be? And I thought, well, but, you know, I, how, how else would I know unless I'm in their shoes? And so um, that's when I, I got the job at LexisNexis. And it wound up being a global position. So not only was I overseeing um, LexisNexis.com, 
which is predominantly North American, but we had a whole global contingent. There was um, EMEA, we had um, APAC, um, and then all of these different other, you know, sections around the world. And so I then quickly had to learn international SEO and understand what the differences were. Um, and then I really loved getting into the, the in-house aspect of it. So I started like in-house lunch and learns where I would do like these global webinars to try and teach other like uh, editorial teams and um, the development teams, like what they needed to know so that I could get my recommendations implemented. But it was a team effort. It's so it was, this is why I'm asking you to do these things just to, just to justify. And, and it was also, as I told them, a resume booster as a developer, knowing SEO, um, that's just going to be, you know, huge, no matter whether they stayed there or moved on. It was, it was definitely something that would enhance their career. So, um, and they, and everyone loved it. I mean, I would, I would get on with Malaysia and go through and run through the best practices. Um, I would establish like a, um, a wiki. So we would have like this area where all the, the, basically all the technical guides or best practices were housed. And then they could just sort of like reach out and download those and just have them whenever they were writing or, or developing. And so, so being, so being in house wasn't so boring after all. And I got to do a lot of really great stuff and, and again, work with a lot of really great people. And I was there for a few years. Um, and then I was getting more interested in jumping back over into the agency world again. And, but this time it just seemed to be like every place I went, it was another level up. So I went to Accenture, which of course with 400,000 employees um, and who knows what number they're at now. But um, I was one of, honestly, one of only four, three or four SEOs in the entire global organization. And it was just, it was, it was crazy. And, and one of my, um, actually one of my greatest challenge stories is when I immediately started working there, um, I, I was I was on this huge visible project, and which was the reason that they had hired me. And it was a very large telecom company. For six months, they had seen their traffic declining month after month. This company had a complete redesign and migration, which occurred six months prior. So things were starting to make sense to me already. Um, the first day, I'm in the client meeting. The VP was pissed. She had no idea what or why the traffic was tanking after the redesign. And nobody on this team that I had just joined at Accenture had any clue. They were looking at alt text, you know, like, what about the alternate text? I'm like, okay, guys, that's not going to tank your traffic. But they had no idea. They just didn't know where to turn and they were desperate. So she said, if this isn't resolved in, um, and things don't turn around in two weeks, I'm canceling this contract. So it was like, boom, you know, that was it. I was really the only SEO on the, on the team. And I was like, they were all looking at me like, you got to figure this out. So I used my previous employer's Screaming Frog license and SEM Rush account mm-hmm. and dove right into it, um, got into Webmaster Tools. I was doing like 14-hour days creating recommendations and getting ready for that two-week follow-up. Um, and so... Consequently, working with the development team, it was just they were they had the all of through that redesign. It was a meta refresh masquerade party basically going on. Yeah. So it was, and this was 2012. So things were like going crazy, and so 
I basically Excel workbook of recommendations, work with the developers, and I just work with them on a on an every other day basis to manage them. This is why we need to get this. This is, you know, and they were like, well, we always use Meta Refresh, you know. Uh, so it was like, no, this is the best practice is this. And I would always have back it up with, here are the Google guidelines. This is what we need to do. And the traffic starts ticking back up. And so within that pretty brief period of time, um, because this telecom company, well-known brand, um, they, they were just like thrilled and surprised. So it was, it was exhausting, but incredibly rewarding just to see all that turn around. So that, that was fun. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was, uh, I had done while I, while I was with Accenture, I had done a ton of speaking. Um, I do, I had written a lot of like white papers for them, um, point of view documents. Um, and anytime, um, there was a need for, SEO evaluation of any project all over the world. I was basically the one that was tasked to to go to that. Um, and a fun fact, I was offered a unique opportunity to live in Italy um, for nine months to develop a full-scale SEO program for a, a well-known auto manufacturer. So that was that was tons of fun. So it was basically Airbnb for nine months and building up um, this this company's and. It was across seven brands in like nine different countries and within Europe. And so that was a ton of fun too. And just talk about like tons of international SEO right there. So I wrote down a bunch of different things that I, that I wanted to ask, ask you about. And the thing that keeps coming to the forefront of my mind is one, seems like you've done a little bit of everything, which is, which is amazing to have that range of experience but the the way that I'm imagining and I'm trying to like put myself in in your shoes in terms of you know you're you're brand new at Accenture and you get this ultimatum and all of a sudden you're pulling 14 hour days or you're at LexisNexis and and you're faced with this not boring and giant global strategy and the word that comes to mind is both pressure and complexity. So how did you deal? Like what was it like to deal with those high pressure situations and how did you manage to keep your head on straight? Um, well, a lot of running, (laughs) um, which I, I, you know, it, it's funny, but it's true. It's definitely, I, I enjoy running and I find I'm able to solve a lot of problems and complex situations when you just run and run for a long time. So marathons and half marathons helps a lot. But, um, you know, I think it was just because I just maybe used to all my whole career, there's always been a challenge. There's always been a situation. There's always been a, a, a pressure position and it's just, well, you just got to figure it out. So, um, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of it, but I think it was, it's all, it's just the way that I operate. I think I just operate on, you know, and, and that's, that's SEO anyway. I don't care where, where you are. It is complex and it can be stressful and, and, you know, laden with pressure because it's, if this doesn't work, this could take down, 
You know, I mean, it could be the number one moneymaker for any small business if, if it's all organic, if they're not doing anything in paid. Um, and for an enterprise level site, it's huge. It's their brand. And so um, it's, it's just, you know, just stay, take a step back, take a deep breath and just evaluate what is like that situation um, for that telecom. It was I knew exactly what I was like, you know, just doing a basic technical audit, you're going to know exactly what the deal is. The fact that the, the team's looking at things like alt tags when they had no idea, of course, um, it was like, no, folks, that's not what it is. But I knew it had something to do because at that time with Google, it was a redirect thing. You don't set the right 301s up, then there's just hell to pay. And yep. Yep. And, and even when I was at Lexus, um, I remember there was a Sunday and my, my, I got a call from my VP and he was like, Janet, something's going on. You know, like, I don't know if you've noticed the last few days, but there's been traffic issues. And, and so, you know, of course what happened was the development team decided to move a certain folder or subfolder from one location to another without putting in the right 301 redirect. And, and so Google picked up on it. So, you know, it's, you know, it's the whole, it's all about, just learning from what are those lessons and those, those times when something does go wrong and what actually, what, what can I do to resolve this? And then reaching out to your network, um, whether there's other colleagues, you know, if you jump into a subreddit or into any kind of a, you know, SEO forum and just say, this is what's going on. What, what am I missing? You know, things like that always, of course, help. Yeah. And I think the, the SEO community is, for, for his, there are many, many things that, that when I'm, when I'm thinking about the SEO community that annoy me, but that's not, that's not one of them. Right. Uh, the SEO community is tremendously giving and whether you're a competitor, um, at another agency, I mean, it's, it's funny. Uh, even on this podcast, I'm talking to people who are at other agencies who are theoretically my competitors. I'm talking to former colleagues at my old job, who is definitely, uh, definitely a competitor. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about SEO is, is everybody, even even when you're when you're in competition with each other, is all um, people are willing to to give and willing to share. Um, and that's been something that I think the industry has been built on. And the other thing that I would say is three hundred ones still really important. Never stop. True. Very true. Important. So, I, and I have two recent examples of of that. Um, a, a client that I, uh, I don't work on anymore, um, but I laid out the, the foundation for them to get through, uh, get through a redesign and a replatform and a migration in my absence. And unfortunately, they didn't follow it. And one of the core culprits was 301s did not get implemented correctly. And, and they went from uh, a lot of traffic to a little, a little traffic, a little traffic. Oh, wow unfortunately. And then I, I do have another one with a current client coming up where like, that's, that's a huge focus. And that's a huge point of emphasis. Like, all right, guys, if we get nothing else, right, we've got to get the redirects, right. Yeah. That is literally number, the number one thing if, because we're switching URLs and a lot of moving pieces and parts, but that's the one thing that they, you almost always have to point to when you're going through a major transition is if we get nothing else right, just get the redirects right, <laughs> redirects right and we'll sort the rest out later. Without a doubt, absolutely. Right. right. Um, so a couple of other a couple of other things kind of jumped out at me. Um, uh, 
one being being the client facing SEO uh, with kind of a stable full of kind of greener, less experienced specialists kind of be behind you um, and being stretched across 10 clients. Um, that's, that's agency world in a nutshell. Um, what is it? And again, the word pressure just comes, comes to mind. What is it like knowing that you are the, the one that has to be leaned on for, you know, being the public face and, and not only that, um, being stretched across so many clients when I, when I, I know that it is, it can be difficult, mm -hmm. um, at an agency to try to remember everything that's going on as well as be an expert, uh, in many different industries all at the same time to kind of keep it all straight in mm -hmm. your head. So how, how are you able to do that? With a lot of organization and I would have separate documents and like meeting notes for each one and something kind of like a Trello board of, mm -hmm. that you could kind of pull from. Um, but I remember there was, there at the time I was getting stretched because there was a client that wound up um, asking the account director, uh, is Janet like doing other, is she working on other clients? Because it, it was, it was obviously something was, was starting to be noticed. Um, and I don't remember what exactly what that was, but of course, you know, the just exhaustion of running back and forth from one meeting to the next to getting somebody else's recommendations ready to sharing them, putting them into a deck that, you know, you had to make sure with the other, we would always work with the paid team. So we'd have to make sure the SEO slides were get into the paid deck and, it was just, yeah, it was, it was pretty hairy and it, it, it was just, again, what is the best way to, and I am a pretty disciplined, organized person and this just, that just really kind of forced me to, to, to be very disciplined and, and focused on this client has, the, these are the issues they are there. This is where they are in the program and this is what we're working on. And at the time, they were not nearly as sophisticated or advanced, those SEO programs, as, as you know, what we have right now. So it was kind of early days and very kind of basic SEO stuff. Um, but still, you, you're right. You have to remember, uh, I'm talking to Joe, not Steve. And, you know, um, and, then, and then you'd have a client who literally, the turnover was like every other week. And I was like, you're killing me. I don't even know who I'm talking to now. And right. I'm trying to balance these other people. So, you know, it, it could get, it did get pretty crazy, but I think the basic, Nate, the basic process was pretty simplified at the time. So it wasn't as complex or advanced as it is now, let's say, which probably did help. So one of the other comp, um, complex, not necessarily, it can be complex. One of the other themes that you kind of touched upon was the need to teach um, both your in-house kind of inexperienced folks and, and get them up to, to speed so that you don't have to be the face on every account, but also the development teams. And that's been kind of a common thread um, that we've, that we've worked through that is, it's, it's pretty much um, universal, whether you're in house or at an agency. Um, it can be a lot harder when you're at, at an agency because you don't have direct access always to those, to those folks. Um, but in-house, uh, either way, um, it's incredibly important to develop a good working relationship with the people on the development and on the website management side that are, um, 
you know, making the changes for you. Implementation is the hardest part, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's difficult sometimes to get your recommendations in place and in place correctly. And not only that, um, it doesn't help that there is often a lot of skepticism coming from the other side. So how do you deal with that? So I always came to, you know, came from, I did have a technical background even prior to SEO. I actually was doing network support um, for Smith Barney prior to all of my SEO work. So I did have a technical background and I understood um, kind of the personalities and just really kind of how to work with, with, with those different teams. So I w- always took the um, approach of let me be friends. Let, let me, let's all build a rapport and, and, and develop a friendship. Um, and just, I would take the time to really hear them. Um, these are the, re- and I wouldn't start off with, uh, here's my side of recommendations. I need to implement Im- implemented by next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would, I would always start with a workshop. So I would say, let's, I'm going to have a workshop just for you guys. And it was always like a special thing. So it's just a technical SEO workshop. It's just going to be for you guys. And um, you can ask anything, but I'm going to have everything that is critically important from an SEO standpoint. And again, the benefit is it's going to really help you guys. And anytime I would have any performance as a result, I would always share it with them or give them kudos in a broadcast email that if it weren't for this amazing development team, they, they did XYZ. And now because of that, we've seen this increase in conversions, traffic, et cetera. So I was always giving them credit too, of course. Um, but I think starting out with the workshop was a big help. Um, and the feedback was always really great. I mean, they would just be so appreciative that they would be taught SEO because as developers, they're never taught SEO. They're taught what is the quickest, most efficient way to do, you know, X, whatever that is. Um, doesn't matter. It's just the shortest route to get to here, whatever that, what that is without a consideration to SEO. So, um, and I told them there's a lot of things that I can't get everything from an SEO standpoint, but we have to compromise and figure out what is the best way that we can get both of what we need done. Mm-hmm. And so for the benefit of, of the site. So um, I think that, you know, holding those workshops and really um, educating them. And I wouldn't just do one. I would do like probably like one a quarter and just let them know this is, here's the updates. These are some of the changes in the algorithm here's the latest technical audit I ran. This is what it, it showed. Is there any way we can optimize or improve this? And they would just be most of them. I, I would rarely have a negative, you know, developer who would say um, that that's not to say that I wouldn't get a developer would say, you know, it's total rubbish what you're saying here. I, it makes no sense, you know? Um, but I would say, okay, this isn't just me saying this because I'm not the authority on SEO by any means, but here's from the horse's mouth. And I would actually show them here. Are the, here is something from a Google blog or you know, a web Google webmaster support developer section showing exactly, you know, this is what this is. This is why we need it done this way. And the actual, of course, you know, in developer world, I'll show you exactly step-by-step on how to actually, um, you know, implement that. And, so a lot of times I would have to pull that out, which was just fine with me if they didn't want to follow the way that I was instructing them to do it. And they would prefer to read that from Google as long as they did it and they did it correctly. 
it was all, it was just a win-win all the way around. So yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. I, I really like the idea of um, having regular workshops and being proactive about teaching because you're, you're right. A developer um, in working with many of them over the years, like they're very much um, black and white uh, input output, right? The mm-hmm. quickest way to get something done so that they can move on to the next thing. And there's always somebody uh, stacking things up for them to do that they, it's an endless cycle of um, things that they have to to knock down. So building rapport with them is absolutely important. I do have one story of my own with a developer and it wasn't, it's not a, not a good, not a good story <laughs> of a developer that I just don't think I was able to, um, to win over. Um, and I can't remember if I've told it, so I'm going to, I'm going to just tell it really, really quickly. Um, so we were, and this is way back, um, five or six years ago, um, when I was at, um, one of, one of the other agencies, I'm at search discovery now, but when I was at uh, another agency, um, we were working with this highly seasonal client, and this client made a bulk of their revenue around the holidays. Uh, and in turn, that's when they got the, the busiest. So they spent their entire year planning for this huge season where they made 80 to 90% of their yearly revenue. And um, so we went through the season. We had a good season. And um, we were talking about, you know, planning for the next season. And we were talking about, hey, we just got you this 25% year-over-year lift in organic revenue. And by the way, that's the second year in a row that we've been able to do that. So that's 50% incrementally over the course of over the course of two years or whatever. No mathematician, maybe that's wrong. But um, anyway, so we're presenting these great results and we use that as an opportunity to say, all right, we did really great, but we could do more. Um, and we could do X, Y, and Z. And so the developer that I had been working directly with the entire time, we had never like had a bad inter- interaction. Now the developer definitely was open to challenging and pushing back, but we were always able to work through it professionally. And one of my colleagues just happened to be sitting next to this person. And, and as, as I'm talking, and I didn't find this out until later, and we're getting to the point where we're saying, but we can be better here, here, and here. And let's think about those things as we're going into next year. My colleague literally saw this person typing to his other colleague, yeah, we're not effing doing any of that. <laughs> and he, uh, nice. And I was just, when I heard that, I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> I didn't win this guy over. So got a, got a lot of work to, a lot of work to do, but man, yeah, that was, um, that was one of my great developer, developer stories. I've had really great interactions with most developers, but that was not one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you, that was to say, there's always going to be one, right. um, you know, and, and I may be blocking out some, <laughs> I just don't remember, but I do remember a lot of times it would be, they, they, they would not, they would not initially believe it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's when you have to just say, okay, fine. Here's the Google link that shows exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And every, you know, rarely, but I would get a counter. Okay. But, but this, and it would be like, okay, now we need to set up another, another one-on-one just to kind of review and talk this through so that because emails back and forth and you're missing the context of what we're talking about. 
but yeah, it could go down a whole rabbit hole for sure. <laughs> so switching gears a little bit, I saw on your LinkedIn profile um, that you've spent some time kind of in the education space. So can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So I was actually um, contracted in to work um, for an online university, Walden University, for a year um, where I managed uh, their e-commerce, so basically their, their website. So it included SEO, of course, but also conversion rate optimization um, at user experience, which, of course, these things do tie into SEO very nicely. So um, we also were getting into personalization and, and doing um, getting the site from a less than 25% personalized to closer to 75%. Um, based on the different types of, of content and things that we were doing. So it was um, definitely, well, closer to some, I've been in some similar projects in Accenture like this, but this one in particular um, was, had its own set of challenges. It was more of a back to in-house kind of a situation. Um, the benefit here, though, this was the most unique thing that I've ever talking about developers, but mo- one of the most unique situations in managing this this huge website, basically, um, and the, and the goal is you know, enrolls and how many enrolls can we get students to enroll, um, and 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 the majority of the traffic and enrolls are coming through organic search, and so how do we just maximize in, in um, back to brand? Um, the the believe it or not, .edu's are having a, a difficult sort of time with Google now, where they didn't used to. Um, but now the, there's all of the online university review sites that are now suppressing a lot of the .edu's. Um, but we had our own developer assigned to my team, so this was the first time I have ever experienced this. He was literally about five feet away from me, and I could get up and walk over and say. Um, I don't know what's going on over here, but we need to correct this and this. And he would literally put it in his queue and have it done by the end of the day. Nice. I was like, wow, this is really nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so did, so the, the experience with that was a, a pretty decent sized team of about six or six to eight um, different individuals from, we had content, SEO, CRO. Um, we had um, a couple of developers um, and and then uh, contracted out user experience with it with an agency um, and SEO as well. So the the um, agency was was providing SEO. Um, so it's always difficult for me to to be you know on the other side, one side or the other. Whether I'm on the agency side dealing with the client, I've been on the in-house side, so I know what they should be getting because I've been in their shoes. And then, you know, it's just the reverse. Now I'm on in-house again and I'm dealing with an agency and they're not doing or they're not providing necessarily the level that I'm expecting. And that can be difficult um, because, again, you understand, you know, what's the percentage of time? Where's the senior strategist? Why is he not giving me enough face time as he should? Um, There's a junior person who's pretty green and, can't speak to strategy or the, the complex, you know, nature that we've got. We're trying to manage all these different digital activities and making sure that they're all aligned and coordinated well. And, you know, um, 
this, this individual was just not that experienced. And so it was now, and not only you, you, this is not, not anything, not a bent on agencies, but I think it, it's, I think it's harder for, for somebody like, you know, when, you know, just as if you were to go in house and you know exactly what that agency should be giving you because you know what you gave your clients, you know, and not everybody is you. And so you're sitting there wondering like, why, is, why am I only getting like this half baked looking report? Like where is all of everything else? Where's all the, whole, the meat and the KPIs and everything else? <laughs> so yeah. it was an interesting yeah. experience. Yeah. So I, I, um, just had, and it's, and it's going to be going live tomorrow, an interview with Nick Eubanks. And we were talking about that very thing uh, in terms of what things pass off as SEO strategy and what things are kind of even still being, being sold on the market and what, what things agencies or, or consultancies are able to get away with because people don't know any better except in situations like this where you do. Um, and yeah, you, it's interesting in that I, I was, I know that when I was in house, I was, I was kind of ruthless, <laughs> ruthless mm-hmm. with agencies because I was the same, I was the same way, but then I, I also had to realize kind of the, the limitations and not everybody's, not everybody's me. Um, and, uh, yeah, not everybody's going to, going to have my, my level of detail or do things exactly the way, the way that I wanted to. So there, I mean, there's certainly a, a lot of give and take, but I was pretty ruthless with agencies mm-hmm. when I was in the house. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard because you, you know, you have to be deferential and just, okay, this person's new. So, but is it my job to help them out? I mean, I did anyway, because I just kind of felt bad for the guy. Right, right. So it was just kind of like, all right, this is really what we need to have this. And, you know, but it really is. And, you know, I, I wound up speaking later to more senior level people in the agency and said, this is what I expect. We're paying a lot of money. This is just what we, we, we need to have this. And, and sort of here's the, the pro. And, and I know that this has been established well before I even walked in the door, but I'm here now. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's, I really would like to see things changed a little bit and, and more in line with what I'm expecting. And so, yeah, and, and as an agency, right, the thing that you always have to keep in mind is that they're paying you, the clients are paying you to make their life easier and to get results. Those those two things, get your results and make their life easier. And on, the, on your side, you should be making yourself indispensable. And whether that's just being helpful, being nice, going above and beyond and getting results, um, you've got to make yourself indispensable. And if you're, if you're not doing that, or if you're just kind of going through the motions, you're, you're wasting your clients money, yeah. not giving them what they're, what they're paying for. So Jacob, what, in your experience, would you find most challenging when you're, when you're, you know, in on the agency side, mm-hmm. and if you're dealing with a client who does have an in-house SEO and are they, trying to run you over with their, this is their strategy and this is their domain. And right. like, how do you deal with that? Well, there have been, there have been a couple of situations and sometimes it can become a pissing match, um, which I like to, I like to avoid. Um, and sometimes it's, it's nice in that they see you as a partner and an extra set of hands. Uh, and when there's an equal amount of respect 
um, I think that that's when things tend to go best and when they're kind of viewing you as an extension of their team. Um, that's when things go best, when it is a situation where you're stepping on each other's toes in terms of whether when there isn't clarity on swim lanes or when there are disagreements on best practices or if you're doing a thing at one quality and you know that they're doing a thing at a lesser quality or you know if the business is up at stake that's that's when things start to get a little bit um, more nasty and more kind of difficult to wrangle and deal with and I, I think I've seen almost all of the situation, all of those situations. And, and, um, even now I'm, I'm in a situation where I wouldn't say some of the nastiness is going on, but where, where there is kind of that stepping over each other's toes a little bit. And, and I think the important thing is when that type of stuff is unavoidable because of the way that the client may have set you up with respective vendors, um, you can't go and fire the client's vendor, right? Um, so what you're left with is being professional, um, more importantly, being nice, doesn't cost anything to be nice, uh, and, and not burning, not burning bridges, but everybody just kind of maintaining an air of professionality and doing the best job that you possibly can on behalf of the, the client. And, um, sometimes that goes, that approach goes well and sometimes not, <laughs> sometimes right. not so well. So, but that's been, that's my approach is I always try to to be professional and do what's best for the, um, for the client in the long run. Yeah. Well, that always, that definitely wins out for sure. Being right. nice to your point does not, it doesn't cost anything. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I tell my kids that all the, all the time it's, um, doesn't cost, especially the people, uh, making your food. Always be nice to the people right. making exactly. your food. Tell them that if you're going to be nice, be nice to everybody, but especially those people. Um, so we haven't really talked about strategy rework. Uh, so mm -hmm. what's going on there? So strategy rework has come about because of a lot of my experiences. It is, I've, I've, I, I, I have a, uh, a soft spot for in-house SEOs. Um, you know, I've done it a few times and, and I've again been on the agency side having to work with other in-house SEOs and, I just think that there's just not enough support mentorship. There's not enough. They get you, you basically walk in the door. First of all, even if you start before day one, they they're dealing with an interview. So you're on the interview, people interviewing you have no idea. Most of them at all, what to even interview you about, you know, just, they don't even know the kinds of questions to ask or what to expect of you. Um, then you get the job, you walk in the door, and now you're told, okay, um, you know, m many times there's not necessarily even KPIs laid out or objectives or an understanding as to where you need to start from. So where do they learn leadership and management? How do you understand that you've got a budget that you have to deal with? You have to get buy-in because now you're in charge of this budget because you need to acquire tools to, to be able to get your job done. Um, there's these other teams, business units, um, could be a multidisciplinary type of a complex, um, you know, organization where you're dealing with different teams across different, maybe other offices in the country or internationally. And so it's like, how do they, there doesn't seem to be any resource unless you go to a conference, 
um, there's not really a whole lot of resources to help in-house SEOs um, navigate these challenging waters. What reports do I share? How do I even create a report? Um, I mean, I've been talking to a, a ton of SEOs over the last, well, all of my career, of course, but very recently just in thinking through what strategy rework needs to do and really what it's positioned for is, is geared to helping the in-house SEO, um, just educating them on everything from how do I conduct a technical audit? What do I, how, when I speak to my CMO, what kind of report should I be sharing with them? And just as I've been, um, able to do is advance my career. Um, and most recently, um, spoke with an in-house SEO who it just, he wants to be a director and he's, you know, working with him to help him in his career to understand the difference between senior manager and director. And you want to be the director of SEO and, and what are the sort of the skills and the attributes and what you need to acquire to help you get that promotion. So it's, 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 as I said, it's, it's, um, provides mentorship, career building, education, I'm actually in the process of developing a course for um, technical side of, of SEO in-house um, and just, you know, understanding all the nuances and, 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 and setting people up, setting the developers up with a, with a workshop and, and how do you speak to not only your team, but your boss or your CMO who doesn't understand when you're, you know, or care about the weeds and the, and the technicalities of what, what's involved in an S, in a 301 redirect or talking about JSON or, you know, AMP, just the understanding what they need to know and what, what you and your developers need to know. Um, so that's, that's, I'm still working on that. That's in the works, but, um, that's going to be coming out soon. Um, I'm also working with Conductor, um, you know, Conductor Searchlight. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been friends with them for at least 10 years now and um, have I've, I've tested their platform against um, uh, Cavario's and Rio's SEO, Search Metrics, and so and Accenture allowed me to basically get three or four of these different platforms together and just do these, these tests, you know, user tests one against the other features and to determine if there was one platform we could recommend to our clients, um, even though we were supposed to be platform agnostic, um, I would, I would preface it with we're platform agnostic. However, I highly recommend conductor searchlight for these reasons. And, um, you know, I would get others, you know, to, to run the same tests with me so that they could even see exactly what I was seeing as well. Um, and so I've been working with them and, and they have an academy. And so I'm going to be contributing, helping contribute to their, um, to their academy. So uh, most of their clients typically are, are in-house. Um, they do obviously work with some agencies, but they are, they do have a, a huge uh, in-house client base as well. So, um, you know, my goal is just really help as many in-house SEOs as I can. And, and so I'm, I'm looking um, to make, uh, get stri- strategy rework to kind of help with that effort. That, yeah, that is a really interesting premise for, for kind of a, a company or a, or a business offering. And I, it sounds like it is going to be incredibly helpful. And I, um, I speak from experience. I've been on, on both sides of the fence um, I have found that for me, being on the agency side, and is especially um, having 
other people there that understand what I, what I do, other SEOs, has been, um, for me, something that is, I've found comforting and more necessary, whereas the few times that I've, that I've been in-house, um, you know, there, there, there has been that feeling of um, being the only SEO and being the only one that knows what I know and knows the importance of what I know and having to, um, having to teach up, right, to people that make way more money than you, have way more power than you, and don't always care about SEO. So having to teach up, having to teach sideways if you're building a team, having to teach down, um, and, and you're not always having the resources or the buy-in um, or the understanding of everything internally the same way that you do when you're with a group of 10 or 20 or however many SEOs when you're at an agency, right? You all kind of get it and you can all share those same kind of trials and tribulations. But when you're in-house and you're the only SEO, um, you don't have anybody to share it with. And for me, that's been a big problem um, in my career and the reason why I've leaned more towards agencies. So I think that that will be um, I think something that I'm hoping for you, it's really, really successful. And it sounds, um, it sounds like it's filling a big market need. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's very lonely in house and, you know, just as you're saying back in the agency, you have all your SEO buddies and everybody's just, you know, and then, Hey, let's all get together for happy hour on Friday. And, and it, it is a different, it's definitely a different environment and it's a different culture than you're sort of like siloed out by yourself and, and everybody, uh, you know, in-house is looking at you like you better get this done. Otherwise, um, you know, we're going to cut your budget even more next year, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So as I said, I'm, 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 really looking forward to sharing my experiences and you leveraging my experiences to help them and as many as I, as I can. So, um, yeah. So tell me about some of your, um, biggest successes. Um, well, certainly that, uh, telecom one was, was a certain, was an absolute success for sure. Um, other ones I've had, uh, one of them was was interesting. It was a large bank um, actually up in Canada. And um, similar situation. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Sorry, wrong, wrong reference. I, this other was a, a major shoe retailer. And they had the biggest, they had a, they went from SharePoint as their CMS to Sitecore. So they replatform and now they got all their products in there and somebody within Accenture had given me a call and said, Janet, would you mind jumping on a call? These guys are like going crazy because they're getting notifications from Google that there's this issue. And so it's like, okay, sure. And just asked a few questions to understand. So there was this replatform. Yes. Okay. What's actually happening? What are these messages that you're getting? So they would share, basically sharing everything with me. Essentially, um, they, you know, they, they, they had no idea. They couldn't figure it out. None of their developers, of course, had any idea what was going on. Everything was set up in Sitecore correctly as far as they were concerned. This was a six-week project, and it was a very expensive project. 
for this one client. I was the only one on the team and I was flown out there and it was like, okay, we've got to fix this problem. So essentially what it was is it's optimization of the CMS. So they did not, they had every single product. So it was a women's shoe, white size nine size, you know, like every single, every, everything was, was, you know, open and, and indexable. And so it was just a matter of, okay, here's, this is what we need to do to clean this up. And it's going to take some time because there's, you know, over a million products or something insane. So it was just a matter of working with the development team. And, and, and again, it was just a educational, this is what the current state is. This is what's going on. This is what Google is expecting to see. So this is what we need to do. Step one. And I literally was like, step one, step two, step three, this is how we need to correct this and get this get site core optimized so that Google can then look at your one main product category page and not have to go crazy looking at these billions of other different types of products. So that was that was probably the shortest project, but it was <laughs> but it was a lot of fun because it was also, you know, you're, you're, you're getting these different things, these very advanced sort of challenging technical things thrown at you. And it's like, quick, figure it out. Okay. Step one, site core. Now I'm going to go through. And the, and the way that I would figure it out is, oh, find the site. What, what version are you on? Okay. You're on 8, 8.0. Great. So I'm going to get the user guide and go through, start reading things. Um, and invariably, another SEO hot tip, somebody else has had the same issue. So you consequently are going to go not only talk to other SEOs, but Google it. Somebody actually had written a blog post article about the same, almost the same identical thing. And then what he did to resolve it. And it was like, good. It matched up exactly with my recommendation that I was thinking of. Awesome. (laughs) And uh, so, so that, that was, that was, that was another one was uh, pretty exciting, pretty fun. That, you know, that's, that's an interesting, there's two interesting things there. One, I'm gathering that it sounds like uh, there were a lot of facets probably being indexed and versions of duplicate versions of pages mm-hmm. that should not have been indexed. So if you're running an e-commerce site, watch your facets. Not mm-hmm. all of them need to be indexed. Exactly. Um, but the, the, the second part of that is just Google it. And um I've talked to people that I've mentored um, over the years and they've shared with me how when, when they were, you know, less experienced and younger coming into an organization, how intimidating it could be to run up against um, people that are more experienced um, because there's this, this thought real or not that they seem to know, everything. Mm-hmm. And one of, I think the really light bulb moments for some of the people that I've worked with is the one being candid and two, letting them know it's okay not to know everything. It's, it's okay. And, and you're never going to know everything, especially in this industry. And when I don't know something, honestly, I Google. It. Right. Uh, and that was like the, Honestly, they kind of were like, wait, what? It's okay to do that. It's okay to do that. Yeah, um, yeah no, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. If it's true, somebody has probably run into that exact situation before. And what's great about our industry is people like to write about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so tell me, 
about one of your failures or regrets? Uh, let's see. A good regret, or not a good regret, but a regret, probably um, maybe not going into as many different other one of the things that I would be advised as I was building my career, there was this whole, oh, you know, you should, because people still don't, people forever will never get SEO. They never, and they don't understand the people that are very passionate about it and they don't get that either. So they look at you like, oh, you're advancing your career. You should really diversify and do other things, you know, like other digital marketing projects to be, you know, just focus in on personalization or, you know, uh, this, this, you know, a conversion rate optimization and, and let's, let's develop a campaign out. That's where you should really do. And, uh, you know, I, I, tr I think I probably could have maybe put forth more effort maybe. So I don't know if it's necessarily a regret, but it was just, you know, I would, I would jump over there and do some of those projects, but I would always just miss like hundred percent doing just SEO, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I would just want to just focus my attention on just the nuts and bolts of running through an SEO program and, and, and taking the time to really kind of, I mean, look how much there is to absorb and learn. And, and you could literally not leave your desk for days in just the amount of information within SEO there is. And so, you know, Yes, there's there's other digital marketing activities out there. Of course, there is a thing called paid search, and you know there's there's are those other disciplines that do work and should be working in coordination with your SEO program. But um, probably, maybe if I had a regret, it would be that I didn't maybe spend more time um, in, over the course of my career in other places because I was just really wanting to be so specialized in SEO. Yeah, and I think it takes um, it takes a special kind of person to just want to be an SEO and to be kind of and I'm I'm one of those people that I've found that when I've branched out into other things I like them but I don't like them as much as I like um, digging into SEO and I've long ago long ago given up the notion that I am ever going to know everything that there is to know in SEO because as soon as I'm riding high and I think I, I've got it, I know everything, um, I'm going to be faced with a, another challenge. It's almost daily um, that I'm faced with another challenge or another need to reaffirm something that I've already done um, in, in my career and in the idea that, hey, let's get back up on this horse one more one more time and see if I've still, still got it. So there's a never-ending list of challenges and that, that for me, that's been a regret, like not branching out um, a, a little bit more. But I think that for people like me, I've, I've come to the realization that I'm just, I'm not necessarily as happy when I do that. Whereas on the flip side, there are people that wouldn't be happy mm -hmm. to only specialize and people that have aspirations to be more broad uh, in general and think of things holistically and um, you just, it kind of is what it is. It's a person to person sort of, sort of thing and sort of feeling. And if somebody wants to be that way, it's kind of hard to train them out of that. And if someone wants to be very specialized and focus, focus on SEO, it's kind of hard to, to train that out of me. I would say, I would say, um, it's always going to be kind of my number one, um, 
passion, I think, no matter what I do the rest of my career. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. <laughs> so who has been your biggest mentor in the industry? Well, I've had a few, but I would say there's been a couple. Vanessa Fox, who I think has always been awesome, and especially as as a female in the in a predominantly male oriented SEO industry, mm-hmm. when you can find these other women who are also into SEO and particularly in the technical weeds, um, it's fun to just I've I've followed her for years and. Um, she's still doing some really pretty cool stuff. Um, and another one, which was, which, uh, you know, and I think having a mentor is absolutely for any, anybody beginning at starting out must absolutely have a, an SEO mentor for sure. Um, but when I started out in, in digital grit was, um, my director, um, Sri Nagabandi, and he was a great mentor for me and helped me, you know, just, you got to just get a domain, build a site from scratch, just try and break it to all these, you know, it was just like, all right, cool. So I did. And I was like, this is a lot of fun. And um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was, so he was, he was more of a personal mentor because I did work with him day to day. And so it was, you know, he was the one who told, told me, you got to get start. Stop thinking only tactically. You've got to be strategic, and this is what this is what's going to help you in your careers. You got to be focused on on strategy, and so yes, uh, that's exactly absolutely right. Strategy is is absolutely important. So, so those two for sure. But of course, you know you've got others, the sort of stars of the SEO industry, Danny Sullivan and. Rand Fishkin and, and, you know, some of the others that you see um, speaking at, at these conferences and just the amount of knowledge these people have, it's just, to me, it's just always been amazing. It's just incredible. It's like, how do you even have time to just like absorb and retain all of that on a day-to-day basis? So, uh, you know, it's just, just a lot of really cool people just that I've been able to look up to over the course of my career. Yeah, I always have said that if when and I was lucky enough to uh, corral Rand for the first episode, in part because I was able to corral him at my last job because he happened to be launching a new business and it was just good timing to interview him. Um, But I always say it's because of people like him uh, and other people in the industry that people like me have a job and will continue to have a job. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm forever grateful for the people like him that 10 or 15 or 20 years ago were at the, um, at the forefront while I was still in college or, 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 you know, working other jobs, not, you know, not in the space and, you know, didn't know that I was eventually going to get in, in the space um, while they were kind of cutting, cutting the path for people, people like me. And, and I'm proud to be cutting the path for people that, um, follow after. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that we all owe it to, to pay Absolutely. it forward, um, for, you know, be, because of people like that. So I hope that somebody, uh, someday will say it's because of people like you that I, I have a job today. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my goal. Um, so let's get into, into tactics. Um, what is the, your favorite tactic that you're doing right now that's working? My favorite tactic, um, 
Well, actually, I was just recently working with um, a client who has an e-commerce site. Um, and so my favorite tactic is, is just the tried and true technical audit. I think technical SEO, you know, you've got the two pillars, technical and, and content. Um, and then depending on who you are, whether you're a local business and you've got, you know, local search and then, or if you're international and you've got the international component, but it's technical and content. And those are the two things that are, are drive most everything. And the reason I, I really appreciate always starting every project out with a, with a full and thorough technical audit is to really kind of dissect and understand exactly what's going on from the CMS, from the server side, What's the page speed like? Um, and, and just the overall performance of the site um, from a technical perspective. And just finding out if there's anything there, whether it's 301 redirects or, um, or just from a mobile standpoint, anything you can correct or tweak and improve, it just sets you up on the right trajectory to get to now we can deal with the site side stuff. And let's focus on a, a proper content you know, strategy and, and working through that. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I remember a number of years back, um, a a colleague of mine always wanted to start immediately with link building. And I'm like, why would you start with link building? Like, are you kidding me? Well, I got to get links. I'm like, well, okay. But if you think again, step one, we got to run a technical audit, resolve all of those initially, understand what's going on and then just work through, the links will be later on. And especially if you're talking about major well-known brands, like this isn't something I'm going to be focusing heavily on. <laughs> you, know? Yes. you know, it's just, it's just crazy. So uh, no, I, I, I really, um, one of my favorite tactical things is, is running a good technical audit and just getting the output um, and even just, pulling it into Excel and then developing this workbook and then, then sharing with the client and showing a, here is a prioritization based on biggest impact of search, lowest level of effort. This is what we're going to do first, next, et cetera. And this is, this is how we're going to set you up. And, and mostly if all goes well, you should expect to see an increase. And generally speaking, that has always seemed to, to work and still works. It's not, uh, that kind of thing hasn't changed too much. There have been certain other things that have changed, but I think the, you know, the good old uh, technical audit is, is definitely a, a good thing to have. When, when you were on the agency side, did you ever find that you were bucketed as a certain type of SEO, right? Um, some people get bucketed as this is a technical SEO mm-hmm. or this is a content person. And sometimes when the people who are deciding what clients people work on or what type of work people get, uh, you know, involved in are making those decisions, they, they tend to, to, to lean on kind of those areas of specialty. And I know for me, I was bucketed as a technical SEO and over the course of time, it just got old. old. <laughs> I, I was like, I want to do other things. Stop giving me this, this technical work. Um, and not that I don't like it. I love, I love technical and that's kind of where I cut my teeth, but I'm way into to content strategy right yeah. now. I'm really interested in that. And uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the chicken or the egg. So like, have you ever been bucketed as a certain type of SEO? And if so, 
How did you break out of that to show the people assigning the work that you could do other things? So in the in my very early days of, of that first agency that I started at, I was known as, you know, very heavy technical, um, the technical one. Uh, one of, we had a couple, we had another, um, there was one other guy that was very, he was very technical and, and in some cases, I always thought that he was way more advanced than I was, but he, he was, he came from the developer, you know, background. So he knew a little bit more from a code perspective as to, you know, kind of how to, how to address certain things. Um, so I initially started out as the, one of the technical people, the technical ones. Um, then just by, you know, just the natural state of things, when I moved in house, I was the only one. So now I had to get better at everything. Mm-hmm. And so became more of a general practitioner instead of specialized only in a technical um, aspects of SEO. Um, with Accenture, again, it was, I was only one of a very small handful of SEOs. And so I just took that ability to, to know technical and site side and the content strategy of things and continue to enhance and develop that because certain, again, certain projects lent themselves more to understanding user intent and developing personas. We would have a personalization project ongoing with in conjunction with that SEO project. So it was just a natural, okay, now you're, you know, we're not focused on the technical stuff. We got to focus all more in on the content side of things. Um, But I, I really love all of it. I don't, I don't, it's not that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be bucketed into one thing, but yes, initially starting out, it was, it was definitely technical for sure. So you mentioned um, conductor a little bit earlier. What are some of your other favorite tools of the trade? Screaming Frog for sure. Um, and they just had an update, which I know you mentioned in Twitter. It was amazing. <laughs> Is that awesome? It, it was. So Screaming Frog, if you don't know or not using Screaming Frog, is one of the first technical tools to roll in the ability to bulk analyze structured data. And it's really, really funny because I was just on the phone renewing our deep crawl contract literally last week. And they asked, do you have any feedback? And I said, well, you know, it would be nice if you had structured data in your tool because it is really a pain in the butt to try to audit structured data site-wide anywhere. It's, it's That's a right. exercise. And thank you, Screaming Frog, for adding that. We've all been waiting for it. And we were yeah. all <laughs> That's their new version 11. I saw there they tweet that out this week too. So that was very cool. Um, other tools I like, um, have you heard of New Relic? I have not. All right. New Relic is awesome for page speed. I had to do actually with this last um, university contract, um, we needed to, to look at page speed and not the Google page insights. We wanted to know exactly again, from the technical aspects of things um, where, where it was most impactful from an SEO standpoint, from the, the uh, initial, first bite and, and looking at that, well, new relic, uh, and it's relatively inexpensive too. um, the contract. And we kind of split it with the, with the development team because they have other things, um, that the, that development team, uh, liked from a web performance perspective, but really awesome 
you can see literally in real time, like what's actually happening. So um, that's, that's a great one for page speed. Um, so that, um, and of course, you know, Ahrefs, you mm-hmm. know, is it, that SEM rush, those two um, are, are definitely um, my favorite. I'll jump back and forth between those as well. And of course, so, Google Search Console. How could you right, yes. got to give Google Search Console its due? Yes. Oh, wait a minute. Another one, D- Data Studio. That is, is awesome. Um, Data Studio, just creating reports. And I found over the last six months, developing reports out of Data Studio for your CMO. And this particular CMO wanted to see, he had a special appreciation for SEO. Unlike most CMOs I've ever met, this guy actually knew what search engine land was and read it. Um, so he would he wanted to see the details of a page speed report, which as I said, I don't, I've never met a CMO that would, would even care to see this. But um, I, we would develop out these data studio reports and be able to extract exactly the kind of information he was looking for. And it was just so, so easy. And, and so, yeah, data studio is another very cool tool. Yeah, that is definitely something that we're getting into in terms of automating a lot of our reporting. Um, very important because reporting, if you're not, if you're not automating those, those elements of it can take a long time. And yes. that's the time that you have to actually do the strategy work. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, equally important, right? You have to report on results, but it can take a long time. Um as we're closing, if somebody is getting into SEO this year, right at this moment, what would you tell them? Um, well, as I mentioned earlier, I think find an, an, an SEO mentor and somebody who's been, it doesn't matter whether they're in-house or in the agency, but obviously um, somebody with, with some level of experience to help kind of hold your hand, walk you through what you need to, to, to know, what, what you should understand. And actually what I would say is start out in an agency. I think learning in an agency environment is absolutely the best experience. I see so many uh, new SEOs just decide, you know, I've read a few blog posts. I've built my own site. I know SEO. I'm going to go out and get an SEO client and you, you could do it that way. But um, I, it, it, it's learning on somebody else's dime, which is difficult because now if you're trying to pay your bills with that, you might not be too successful. So I think the best education is, is going into an agency environment and just learning as much as you can and go check out what the paid search team is doing because what they're doing definitely um, has, has impacts in what, what you're working on as well. Yeah. And in, in, I, I agree with that agency for me has been when I feel like I've developed the most and part of that. And people don't talk about it. it there is a certain element of com- camaraderie, right? And you can go talk to the other SEO folks, but honestly being in an agency, like it's competitive, uh, it's mm-hmm. competitive and people are all, you know, really concerned about their careers. So like if you're not progressing, you're not going to get that promotion that you mm-hmm want and it's fast paced and you get exposure to a lot of clients, a lot of different types of types of things. Uh, and in, in my experience, not that in-house SEOs are, are bad by any stretch of the imagination, but the best SEOs that I've ever worked with have 
all been ad agencies. Um, and I think that there's, um, I think that there's a, re- a reason for that. So I, I absolutely agree with that advice. Yeah, without a doubt. Absolutely. Go agencies. <laughs> right, right. Cool. Well, where can people find you? Well, you can find me at strategyrework.com or I'm on Twitter, of course, at Janet Bartoli. Um, and um, so either of those two places, you, you can see what I'm up to over at Strategy Rework. Um, as I said, I'm um, building out something really special for in-house SEOs and uh, I'll be working with Conductor um, in their academy. Yeah, absolutely. If you're an in-house SEO, absolutely go and look up Janet and um, and connect with her. And Janet, I just wanted to say again, thank you so much for coming on the, the show, being willing to stay up late to talk shop and uh, being so, so candid in providing, um, you know, such a, such great insights that I, I hope my audience can really appreciate. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jacob. It's my pleasure. It was really fun to be here and, and good luck with the podcast. It's, I've really enjoyed all your episodes. It's Thank really great. You. Thank you so much for listening to the Page 2 Podcast. If you like this podcast, you can listen and rate it on a number of platforms, including Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Applecasts, Stitcher, Breaker, CastBox, and more. If you wish to support the growth of this podcast, please visit my website at jacobstoops.com forward slash page 2 podcast or Anchor.fm forward slash page two podcast to make a donation would be greatly appreciated if you're an seo who would like to be interviewed i'd love to have you simply send me an email at jake.stoops at gmail.com and we'll absolutely set something up until next time happy optimizing